Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're bringing you another bonus cast. I'm your host Marcus, and joining me today, as always, is the homie Trevor. New phone. Who this? <laughs> and then we also have a special guest or what? returning person. I don't know how do we how do Guys, we introduce this guy? What? what? <laughs> we beat him up and where, dragged him into the studio. <laughs> What's where up, Dante? Am I? <laughs> How you doing, man? Um, what you been up to? Send help. Send help. <laughs> Send help. What you been up to? Not much, man. Just um, playing video games. Have you? Have you? Have you? Uh, I know you were in a couple of the chats for any of the games we played. Some of the games we played. Have you played any of those games? Um. So you might have to. Do we want to do a quick stroll down memory lane of what you guys have played this year? Yeah, yeah. Because I need you to air out a grievance, at least one. Yeah, we can get to that one. I was there for that. <laughs> so let's I see. Remember. You left in February, so that was on Psychonauts. Which man, you missed. You missed. You missed some good games since then. So we played Grim Fandango. Nope. Uh, Hellblade: Sinuous Sacrifice. Played that. Uh, Celeste. Played that. Also good. Return of the Oberdin. Yes. Brutal Legend. Have not played that. Forgotten and Haven't played it, but I'm looking into it a little bit. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I, I already know the opinion. Check out that check out that episode. <laughs> um Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. Tried to play it. The Steam version wasn't having my controller. What controller? I was using a Xbox One, and I think I got the pre-Oddbox version. Oh, it gotcha. was kind of broken. Gotcha. Okay, well, I definitely, I, yeah, I played that one with a controller. And Trevor did, didn't you, Trevor? Um, no, I played mouse and keyboard. Okay, then it was just me, and I, I, it was fine. Uh, but obviously, I have the Oddbox version, so... Uh, I think I'm, I ended up getting the Oddbox recently, so I, I might try to go back. Okay, um, Black Mesa. Yes. That's it? <laughs> Granted, I'm still waiting for the whole Zen update to happen. Gotcha. Okay. Um, 50 Cent uh, Blood on the Sand. I wanted to reach through the monitor <laughs> and strangle some people on this podcast. I won't say names. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You skipped one. He did skip Barkley, Shut Up, and Jam Guyton. Yeah, I did skip Which that was one. a bonus episode. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a normal Oh, no, really? the bonus was uh, Way of the Passive Fist. Oh, I have not gotten to that either. And uh, we played uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. I have played that one. And Doki Doki Literature Club. Yep, also got that one under my belt. Okay, so yeah, this is number four on the bonus cast. But what was the thing with 50 Cent? I'm just curious. Um, People were spouting lies about that game. Or at least had... stuff that I don't consider to be true. I know. I know you mentioned that game's about... amazing. That game is a god. That game has some great arcade style gameplay. Thank you. And it is a lot of fun. And the fact that you guys barely touched on the story <laughs> made me so mad. Hey, hang on. We don't want to spoil it for any listeners, bro. Bro, I had to. I 
I had to DM Marcus <laughs> mid-podcast to make sure the ramp thing got mentioned. Do you know how – that's what everybody knows about that game. <laughs> I thought everybody knew, give me back my skull. <laughs> and the skull. And the vagaries that I remember about that ending being amazing and like – Oh my! I mentioned God. it when you put the skull on the I dashboard. I almost started playing that game as you guys were talking about it. It was making me so mad. Hey, when you put the skull on the dashboard with the lit cigar, they drove off. Did you off. guys even talk about the cussing? Like, I'm going to end your entire effing generation. <laughs> That's they didn't play with the taunt, so we, I, you know, it was, it was a weak point. <laughs> oh, it was. It made me a little salty. Maybe that's why I'm back right now. Yeah, man. If you uh, just, you know, 2020 is right around the corner. If uh, you you got a little bit of free time, want to play some games, hang out with some homies, you know where to go. Who knows? Who knows? Who can say? Um, But yeah, let, let's... Do an individual, like, bonus cast on, like, 50 Cent Redemption. <laughs> Dude was talking about Bulletproof like it was a good game. Thank that you. That game was one of the lowest rated <laughs> Games of all time. A one point two million dollar, one point two million dollar or million uh, copies selling game though. Versus, I think Blood on the Sand. I think, granted, it was like two thousand and nine or two thousand eight figures, but it was like fifty six thousand or something like that. We so, need to douse that. No, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name any names. I'm just saying he needs to be baptized in vitamin water. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let, let's, let's, uh, you, anything else, uh, anything else been going on? Uh, busy with other stuff this year, so I had to kind of scale back my gaming time and other stuff time, so that's kind of what I've been up to. Everything's going decent, though. Okay. Um, well, uh, let's get into this bonus cast. So this is our fourth one. We're on pace. I think we have our last game planned, uh, but we're on pace to hit the five for the year. So shout out to us for, for doing it, sticking to our word. Um, but uh, Trevor, I guess you and Dante chose this game. Technically, yeah, I, I think. Well, you know, we started making lists for some of the bonus games that we wanted to play, and this was a game that was kind of like a common, you know, it was like a mutual game that. Trevor and I had already finished it, so right. it became a matter of just one more person playing it, pretty much. Yeah, and you guys have played it relatively recently too, because like we we don't want to try to get like games that people have played, but then it's like earlier the, in the year we try to get stuff that people have played like relatively recently. Right. I I think I finished it either late August or early September, so it's still pretty relatively recent. Yeah, I played it when it first came out, I believe. But then I tried to replay it. I think I got about halfway through. So, okay. And I remember some of the the latter puzzles in the game. Gotcha. And, and I played it start to finish today. So, yeah. um, But we didn't even say the game. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, the game, Trevor? <laughs> so the game we are playing is called The Gardens Between. And now going ahead and go into the intro. Um, The Gardens Between is a 2018 puzzle game developed by an Australian studio called The Voxel Agents. And from what I can tell, before The Gardens Between, the only games they had ever released were for um, mobile platforms. Uh, They developed a series of train conductor games. And 
a game called Puzzle Retreat. So there's not much history on the studio. Uh, the game was released, or uh, The Gardens Between was released in September 2018 for Windows, Mac, Linux, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. And then it was also released for iOS in May of 2019. The Gardens Between is a single-player game that centers around two teenagers, Arena and Friend, who are next-door neighbors. And the gameplay features abstract levels that almost seem like fragments or artifacts from past memories and experiences. And your goal is to traverse each level by manipulating the flow of time and events using lateral thinking in order to reach a pedestal at the top of each uh, map. So the game received mixed to generally favorable reviews on all the, across all the platforms that it was released. Uh, it won Game of the Year at the Australian Game Development Awards and also an award for Puzzle Game at the 2019 Webby Awards. And that's pretty much all I have since the studio is, as far as uh, console games, the uh, studio is pretty... Um... And what? So, what did you guys play it on? I played it on Xbox One. I also played it on Xbox One via Game Pass. And I played it on PC. What? What? I mean, is the are the controls on Xbox One just using the joystick and the, the A button, or? Yeah. Okay. And L and R to. No, no, no. This doesn't have something else. <laughs> right. It could very easily have a rewind button, but. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, so this game is really, like, uh, really, really straightforward. It, it's, the, the, they teach you the controls in the first mission or first puzzle. It's literally, um, at least on computer, it's, um, you can walk with uh, WASD or the um, arrows, but really you're only moving forward, and when you're moving forward, time is going, f- like, forward, you know, and and then if you hold back, then you're rewinding time. And the whole the whole, <laughs> shout out Soldier Boy. Um, the whole uh, game is set on these series of islands, and so the camera is showing your players and rotating around the island as you're moving through the stage. So you don't ever have to worry about jumping or anything. Once you get to a ladder, your character, will, as long as you're holding forward, will just start climbing it. And likewise, you'll start going down it if you're holding back. Um, and then there's an interact button, which on PC was either enter or spacebar. And that's really it. And um, I'm going to be a thousand percent honest. I was like, why are they, why do they have me play this game? Why am I playing this game? Like, what was the draw to this game? So, are you talking about us specifically? Yeah, so I, I wanted to know, like, what was the appeal or what made you guys want to play this game when you guys played it? And I was thinking, well, just tell me that part. Tell me that part first. Honestly, after what we went through with Brothers, <laughs> I was kind of afraid to play this game. <laughs> I've been very cautious about any type of games, especially ones that are like relatively short like this one, um, that are more so meant to convey like a, you know, a very um, personal story or something like that, simply because like with Brothers, you know, it it doesn't have the same effect when you play it multiple times, but Mm -hmm. 
with you, Marcus, you haven't played it before. Correct. Um, so, you know, we still have that element of surprise for you. But um, I was more so interested in talking about this game uh, simply because, like I said, it does convey a story. And at the same time, it it's not necessarily a 100% unique approach to the game. I've seen games um, like Fez that kind of isolate each you know it might be like a three-dimensional map but it's kind of isolated to like its own little island um the way this game is um but the way it's it's executed is very creative to me or at least it seems creative um uh there was something else i was gonna say too oh the other thing that really struck me with this game uh, especially being a graphic designer that i thought you would appreciate too marcus was just how simplistic and minimalistic this game is. Um, from the UI to the um, controller uh, buttons, button mapping. I mean, they, you know, kept this game really, really simple. Okay. Um, and what about you, Dante? What was the thing that drew you into wanting to originally play this game prior to even knowing the podcast stuff like we were going to... So... I remember hearing about it, I'm trying to think about when I initially heard about the game. I think it was literally when it came on Game Pass the first time. I just heard, oh, Gardens Between, it's supposed to be a pretty interesting puzzler. Then I remember, I think, Abby from Giant Bomb mentioned it during Game of the Year. Or it might have been Ben, one of them mentioned it. So I had it on my backlog for a long time. And me, I tried to finish 52 games a year. And I saw that this one was only about two and a half hours, so it was a very easy one to um, get through to accomplish that goal. What did you spend the rest of the week doing? Uh... TMI. <laughs> <laughs> Playing other games, yeah. or did you... Juicy. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, there's a story to that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that was generally why I went through this game, just because I saw that it was very short, and I could knock it out very quickly. I think I was going through, um, I don't think I was still playing Persona 3 at the time, but I'd like to say I was doing either Fire Emblem or some other super long game. So normally when I do those games, I try to offset the um, my completion rate by doing a lot of really quick games in the middle. Okay. I think I came to the game in a similar way. Um, I had Game Pass for like a month or something. I think it was on sale for maybe a dollar. And so I downloaded a bunch of games that um, I think I looked them up and a lot of them were short. And this was one of them and ended up playing it and liking it. All right, I got to backtrack for one second because I just can't let it go. If you have muscles and you're in a Kroger's parking lot, do not give anybody your number. Because they will ask you about juice. And there's a chance that you don't know what juice means. Just don't respond. Don't do it in the first place. Just, but, if, just but if you don't have muscles, how do you not know what juice means? there are multiple things i looked it up and yes there's juiced with the d at the end and then there's juice there's a lot of ways to interpret that text maybe anyway talk about the xbox pink flip game juice that's a good game the racing game i vaguely remember that it's good it came out with juice too Uh, anyways um I, i was just wondering why like this 
game makes sense why it was on Trevor's radar, but I was trying to figure out how you had heard about it, and also you, Dante, it makes sense knowing that you have that annual goal of how many games you want to beat, and you were in the in the uh, moment playing a really long game to offset it with something pretty short. I actually don't remember it coming up in the Giant Bomb Game of the Year discussion, but it does not surprise me that it did, and I just went under my radar. Um, but I just know um, when I started this game, I did notice the simplicity and the minimalist uh design uh in the menus that you were talking about trevor and i thought mm-hmm. i actually like that was striking and the game starts off and it's just these two characters in a city but in a backyard uh in a treehouse that looks very shoddily created and it's raining and they're just hanging out together uh but they're not talking and then the game kind of just starts and I just remember hopping into the, I guess you want to call it tutorial or the first mission, the way they show you how to play the game. And I was like, is this it? Like, I was so not drawn into the gameplay of this game uh, when it started out. I I thought the game looked really, really striking and very, very visually pleasing. It's like a weird, like kind of isometric shell shaded even though it's not isometric but i i don't know how to describe the how do you how would you describe the the the, the visuals of this game dante um hmm, the visuals in specific it's kind of got that blizzard-esque quality to it it's kind of as far as how they use like a clay like it's not clay but it's something to do with the shading and Brothers kind of has the same thing going for it in oh, some type of way. <laughs> what were you saying, Trevor? It, it kind of has like a low poly look to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it it. I, it's simplistic and it's very like colorful, rounded edges and mm-hmm. flat shading. I'd like to say. Yeah, and so like that was the thing that was drawing me in because I was playing the game and I was like, this game is two and a half hours of this. Like, I honestly, you guys told me it was a puzzle game and I was like, where are the puzzles at? Like, I li- am I just holding forward the entire time and just letting the game play itself like am i just is it the story am i supposed to be here for the story and it's like a light puzzler like i it it, no joke i'm glad you brought it up trevor but it did give me brothers vibes in the beginning because i was just like is the story the reason why we're playing this game and not the actual gameplay because i was and maybe it's just me i don't know if you guys felt this way too but i was super unimpressed with the beginning of this game um, I don't remember feeling that way. Like, going into it, it felt like it was kind of easing you in. I just, because I knew the game was so short, I felt like, maybe, I just, I don't know, maybe I was expecting the ramp up to be a lot quicker or something, but I just was like, just, and I feel like a terrible person for saying this, but based off of the fact that you, you guys were, like, super into playing this. I knew it wasn't going to be, like, Brothers because Dante was interested in playing it. But I was like, oh, is this... 
I just thought it was going to be another brothers. <laughs> you misinterpreted anything I said at that case. I literally. So I know why you picked of... it. I know why you picked it, but that, that's why I asked because I like okay. when I before we started this podcast, I had no no idea why you chose it. So now I well, understand why you chose it. All I'm saying is the reason I chose it was because like you asked me for a list of games I either want to play or I have played, and this happened to be in the. I've already played it. Not that I'm necessarily interested in talking about it that much. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm back for I'm back for more puzzle talk. If you get what I'm saying. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Let, let's let's go. Let's bully. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like yeah, go expand on it, Dante. So, it it's definitely a puzzle game. I, I'm not going to take that away from it. The puzzles are more, I guess, very linear. And it's more a matter of, I guess everything has one solution, which is fine for puzzles. It's just kind of different than a lot of the games I've been playing recently. So, typically speaking, you're literally almost on rails in this game. You can move forward and backwards. But it is literally, for all intents and purposes, 2D. So you're moving right across the screen. You're controlling these two characters. Normally, like, they're tagged up alongside one another, but sometimes they get split. And you have to kind of control one without getting the other into a quote-unquote fail state. When you hit a fail state, it's like a wall or maybe an object that's inter- you know interfering with you. The game literally stops. And you have no choice but to backtrack until you figure out the solution so both characters can move forward again. Did you want to expand on that? No, I was going to just say, so the way they... I don't... Do you remember the characters' names, Trevor? It's like Arena. Um, Arena and Frint. So Arena is the... So it's a, a, a boy and a girl, right? Right. And Arena is the girl? Right. So she is the more... And you can kind of see this as the game goes with their personalities, but she's the more adventurous one. So um, uh, she's usually taking the lead on a lot of it. She's usually in front where, what is his name? Fur, what'd you say his name was? Frent. F-R-E-N-D-T. Yeah, Frent. So he is more of the analytical, like more... Uh, passive, more cautious individual. He, he seems like she seems more like um, spur of the moment. Like let's just you know go on an adventure. And he's more of a like you know uh, really into computers and like logic and things like that. So um, the way they separate out these puzzles is she's for the most part she's always carrying a lantern that she can fill with light to proceed through the the stage through the puzzle and he is the one that can hit the switches and can manipulate the computers and just anything mechanical he can manipulate that so that's kind of how they give the two characters a little bit of personality but like Dante said they you're controlling them at the same time so unlike brothers where your each joystick is controlling one character when you're holding forward both characters are moving forward they may be on separate paths you know, on different planes, but they're both moving forward and same thing with backwards. And, um, they're, they're, uh, 
they're basically one character, or you know, basically. Um, I guess we should probably mention the lantern slash spirit. Me- I don't know what you guys want to call it. Like light mechanic. Yeah, go ahead. So essentially, most of the puzzles in this game revolve around this light slash lantern that holds the light, where um, typically one character will hold the lantern. They get to a spot. They can shine up the light, and it can get rid of the, I guess, dark spirits or what would you guys call Fog or smoke or whatever. Fog, yeah. And pretty much it allows you to progress um, further into the level. And occasionally you'll have to split the um, lantern or the light between the characters to progress on one plane and not the other. And that's kind of the gist of most of the puzzle-solving aspects of this game. Yeah, so your your whole objective on each island, because each uh, um, island, your objective is to take your lantern, get it with a light or whatever in it, and travel all the way to the top of the island and insert the light into this bridge to continue on to the next island or whatever. So it's basically carrying the light from point A to point B. And... um, it's kind of interesting because the light kind of it, it clears fl- uh, fog, but then sometimes a bridge is made out of fog, so you can't use the light to go across the bridge because the bridge disappears. Or um, sometimes there is a these black holes that suck the light from you, so you have to figure out ways of getting around there. So they introduce some like uh, things that you can put the lantern on and to try to. Uh, get it further into the island and just like puzzle mechanics, basically ways to like move the light ahead to avoid things that will get rid of the light or whatever. And, um, they do that. And then each level is kind of like a unique environment that is kind of themed to like youthful pursuits. So like things that the kids are probably interested in, uh, this game has a very modern, look to it like you can't really tell how old or when the game takes place but there's some of the things in the environment like the tv and the video games and the fact that they have like a fax machine and um uh what was the other thing a vhs player it kind of alludes to the fact that maybe this is like set kind of in the 80s maybe um but for the most part, it's pretty modern, and a lot of things work as like they would work now. Um, but it, it's really cool, and I think the the my favorite part about the game is the unique environments uh, based off of uh, specific interests that the kids have. Um, I think that's when the game started picking up for me personally, and I do um, I do like. I started writing down like, oh, I really like this thing, this thing. And um, I, I want to say by the end of the le- the game, I, I wrote down seven different levels. And I think there's 20 total. So I, I definitely overall really, really enjoyed and thought the puzzling got more interesting. I don't necessarily know um, how you guys it definitely feel about gets more that. involved as you go along. Like, there's more, quote-unquote, moving component. Yeah. And so, uh, I want to 
Sorry, I just want to quickly backtrack a little bit to the um, aesthetics of the game and kind of make sure we give it its due as far as level design goes. Mm -hmm. So when we're saying it's kind of a linear 2D platformer, technically speaking, as far as gameplay goes, that's how you think of it. But all of the levels are very vertical as far as um, how they're built. Or not every level, but most of them are. And it kind of has a... It's not dioramic, but it's more... What I'm looking for. It's like a spiral. So imagine you have this mountain. You're kind of circling up the mountain until you reach the top of the level. So you're literally working your way to the right, but also eventually you end up where you were before, but on a higher level. And you kind of just go up this mountain or like lakefront or whatever until you reach the top. And it's a very cool visual aspect, um, effect just because you see the stuff that you pass, but it's on a lower plane than you were before. You're kind of just slowly working your way up, and they're making this all work with this limited field of view that you have in any given scene. What were you about to say, Trevor? So, I guess if we're moving into kind of like how the difficulty ramps up with the puzzles, that's where I want to disagree with what Dante said earlier. Like, I forget how exactly how you said it, but you said this game was more of like a, or, or you didn't you didn't necessarily like the the puzzle aspect of the game. Is that what you were? So it, once it got, I, I don't even want to say it got it got more involved, and when you started having to work with the environment, I really dug those levels. But the definitely the earlier ones, it, it like the like the first three, I felt like you just held right, basically. And occasionally rewound to drop something down and then that was it. But like some of the levels like the um the video game level, the paint bucket level, the the um dinosaur, the uh water pipe one, the playground, those were more involved. And I really dug those levels. The the fax machine puzzle, like those levels were really fun, and I thought they were really well created and thought out. And it was just like, man, I wish we had got this from the jump. Well, they do what most good puzzle games do, and that's where they introduce different mechanics with each chapter. One mm-hmm. thing I will agree with you on is there aren't enough levels per chapter for some of the the levels I guess where you consider you know there to be just where you're just holding right I don't think it it fully develops those mechanics um, which is probably a good thing because if they did you would have gotten tired of it if you know they kept on expounding on okay you just need to use this to cross the bridge you know if they did that for four or five more levels you know you'd probably get tired of it so I'm yeah and no just just because like I do think there is a limit to how long just because of the way the story is I feel like there's a limit to how long a game like this could be and I so I do agree that if they added more levels it may not be as fun to play it but I do feel like they could have maybe taken out some of the 
in my opinion, filler levels in the beginning. Even though I know it's like you need to ramp up, you can't start the puzzle a puzzle game on like medium difficulty. You have to like make it easy and then ramp your difficulty up. I just kind of felt like they spent a little too much time for as short as this game was ramping it up because I don't really feel like this game like it took me maybe two and a half hours and I felt like the first 45 minutes of the game was super boring and I felt like that's too much time for a game this short I'll say that I don't necessarily agree or disagree with any of what either of you both said I think like my opinion somewhere in between but I guess my question is is the gameplay mechanic at the core of this game like substantial enough to hold up a game essentially like I don't know if they could make the puzzles any harder than they were at the end and I don't know if game length being shorter or longer would have solved any of our criticisms of it does that make any sense yeah and I'm so, I'm, I'm actually there with you on the if, I don't know if things could get that much harder. Because really, like, the puzzles, I wouldn't even say, I don't want to say they didn't get more difficult, because they definitely did. But I feel like the crux of them getting more difficult was, oh, you have to go a little bit further back in the puzzle and figure out yeah. something earlier. The only, then, the only time I got stuck was the last one. And, I like, I feel like, I feel like if I would have, like, not been like in such a I don't want to say rush because I had plenty of time but I was like I'm gonna beat I gotta beat this game today and like if I had a little bit more time to like sit on it and think about it without having some like kind of deadline I feel like I would not have gotten stuck in this game like I the the, the I got stuck on the moon puzzle um just trying to get the lantern uh the, the light back in the lantern um, and then on the last, the last level, the uh, the lightning part, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what to do at that part. And then I so once I figured that out, when I read something, then I was like, oh okay. And then but I, I'm sure like you were ninety nine percent of the way to the solution. It was just finding like that exact spot or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think if this game were any longer, I I don't know if it'd be too bad. Because Braid kind of used the same mechanic. The only difference is that was more of like an action platforming game. But Braid had so many different mechanics, though, when you think about it. Like, every world had a different take on the rewind mechanic. Like, one, the enemy stopped moving, and Mm -hmm. then, like, another one, everything was moving fast or something. I can't remember all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's almost, and I love this game, but, uh, like, Celeste, every different chapter had a different mechanic that they introduced or a different technique that they were trying to promote you to use and in this game it's just like here is you can walk forward you can walk backward or you know you can move time forward you can move time backward and you can interact with things and that was really it there was a couple of sections where they introduced and i'm using air quotes they introduced new mechanics but it's just like a different way to think about manipulating with the environment or playing with the environment, but the um, there was the, the the chalk puzzle at the playground where you had to use the creatures in the uh, chalk in order to um, uh, 
to deliver the light. And then there was the one with the paint buckets where those creatures were jumping the paint bucket. And so when you got up to the top of the the mountain of the on the island, you had to just place the lantern on one of them and then just rewind time and just hope that you chose the right one. It it, it never seemed like a um I don't I don't know. It like most of the puzzles just seem like I need to put it almost reminded me of Forgotten Anne to an extent and I know that's like it's <laughs> not a fair criticism. Mm. But like how Forgotten Anne like we really liked when they had the no bodies or whatever that light puzzle. And it was like two puzzles in the entire game that had it. And it was just like, man, like they could have done more. And this game almost seemed the same thing where you're putting some type of light in a box, moving to a different part of the room, flipping a switch, then going back to that box, getting the light and moving forward. And it just seemed like you were making incremental, like you were just basically hold my light. I'm going to be back. I got to go flip the switch and then I'm going to come back. And so it, it just seemed like there was more that could have been done um, but it, there it was kind of needed that air dash moment in Celeste where you get that air dash, like the second one, or and, and to be honest, I don't really know what they could have done to like blow this game out and just to try to flip it on its head, like Dante said with the second air dash in Celeste, where it was just like there's so much more now that you can do with this new ability, and there's not really. I'm not asking for this game to give us a new ability. I just kind of wish that maybe they like that last the last level with the the lightning, I wish there was more puzzles like that. I wish there was more puzzles like with the water and the electricity where I thought those puzzles were really clever because it required you to uh, do something like use the environment in a different way, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not Kind being of very... just break the game logic that has been created established. and established up to that yeah. point almost. Yeah. Like, it... It almost needs, like, a Fez moment where... Um, did either of you play Fez? I have not. I've played a little bit of okay. it. Well, I'll use a different example. It needs a brother's moment where at one point you don't have both brothers or whatever. And the game kind of changes. And I don't want to be, like, background or um, backseat game designer. Yeah. But I think my my initial, like oh, this is something they could have done, was have some point in the game you hit a button and then you switch between the two people and they're asynchronous or something like that. That would be a lot of work to for them to design just because their entire game works on the other engine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that would have still, like, quote-unquote, been one of those mind-blowing moments. Like, I was hoping there was a part where you had to get them out of sync because, you know, how we were talking about, like, you're holding forward and... One player, um, once they get to a spot that they can no longer uh, make any progress, then the other character stops too. I wish there was like a puzzle where, or a a world where there was some puzzles that you could, that other player could keep moving forward and you kind of get them out of sync because there was a puzzle that that required you to do that or something like that. Because I think there was one puzzle with the, um, where the, the girl, Arena, loses her jacket. And so she's staring off in the distance not moving as her jacket is going down the gutter and the other character Frank is kind of trying to get across this light puzzle in order to hit a button and at that point you're essentially using the character by himself but that's the only puzzle in the entire game that I can recall that they had that moment 
And I wish there was more of stuff like that, or like what Dante said, where you're using one character by themselves. But I understand why they don't do the one character by themselves, just because of the story. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's just, there's not enough mechanics there for, like, you'd have to give them some type of second ability or something to actually make a puzzle out of a one character situation in that game. Yeah. Um... I don't know. They there's a lot going on in this game already, because like when you play it, you're already dealing with. So one, you're controlling the characters forward and backward. Along with that, you're also moving events across time, things that are happening in the environment, um, and then as well, you're also looking at perspective, or at least some of the the. Um, the puzzles that require you to use perspective. So it's, I don't know. I, I think adding on more mechanics, like rather than just different ways to utilize the the light orbs or some of the other things that that are required throughout the game. I don't know. I think that it would end up being too much. Like I could understand sprinkling some of that in earlier chapters maybe or even adding extra levels onto the latter chapters I don't know maybe I'm just accepting this game for what it is or what's there I think you definitely are I don't think there's anything wrong with that I I think that me and Dante I'm not trying to be overly critical on what and I guess it sounds like I am trying to be overly critical on what I wish the game was um, it just is a little bit, I was like, man, I, there's a, there's stuff here that I really like. And, um, I just wish that there was some things that were different, but ultimately I do, do like the game. Um, yeah, I'm overall positive as well. Yeah. I think maybe I, I, we needed to say that up front. Yeah. I, like I, I said, like I wrote down, I think, I think, like I said, there was 20 puzzles in this game. And there were seven of them that I wrote down that I really, really enjoyed and I thought were really well done. And it's not to say that the other 13 were bad, but I was just maybe a little less, like, over the moon about them as I was about. So, like, that's still, like, a a good percentage of the, was that, uh, um, 35? No, is my math off? No, that's, yeah, 35% of the puzzles I really, really liked. So that that's pretty good for a, a puzzle game. Um... I just don't you want guys this, have... this game to fall in the same category as Brothers. Oh, definitely not. Man. Definitely not. Cause what? What was that? What was the last thing you said? Oh, I said or Forgotten Anne. Oh, definitely not. I think this game is more enjoyable than those. So, like the thing that I think this game has going for it over those other two is it's a much shorter experience. So, um, me saying that. The first 45 minutes of this game is boring. There's still a good <laughs> hour and a half that is still fun that I that I did enjoy. So that's still over half the game where that was not the case with the Forgotten Anne. And again, like I think we kind of have to say with Brothers the caveat that I think the game experience is a lot different if you played it a second time. Like, I really did enjoy Brothers the first time I played it, but it was the second time where I was just kind of like, this game isn't really doing much. 
Um, I kind of like maybe the, another game we could compare it to is Papo. <laughs> That's Papo what I was Leo. thinking too, especially as far as like the story. Like the yeah. story doesn't necessarily have like a a huge climax. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? Did you guys? Sorry, did you guys really? anything about the characters on the way to the end i'm just curious mm, i'm more so like got i it. thought the levels were cool i like i like how themed they were i liked the aesthetic of every level but i never really got quote unquote i guess compelled by the story so so one thing oh. i think of especially after reading about the studio too is you know their 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 strength is in puzzle games. That's what it looks like they work on. I think with this game, they came up with a mechanic that they thought would be interesting for a game. And they kind of put kind of like a very simple story. Like I said, you know, comparing it to uh, Papo, it, there's not like a huge climax. There's no, you know, antagonist. Um, or anything like that is just kind of like here are the characters this is kind of what we want to want to convey and you know i think they were more so trying to execute just a simplistic experience i don't know if they eventually meant for this to lead to something else but if this is a smaller studio you know they may not have had the budget to be that ambitious with it okay I I didn't feel anything for the characters individually, you know, like, um, not really. But I, I overall, I really, really did like the story. Um, I think this is the most uh, I, I like I relatable for me. Like having grown up a military kid and moved around a lot, I definitely like can think of like, I think I have a really good memory and like, I can look back on memories very easily because I can think of like, Oh, this person was in my life at that point and that I remember this person in my memory. And so then I know I was here. Whereas like, you know, maybe I, you know, I had groups of friends depending on where I left, like, you know, where I live. So I can think of like specific events in terms of who was around me at the time. Uh, because like I went, I went to like three different third grade schools that year and like two different schools when I was in eighth grade and, you know, things like that, uh, or seventh grade, I should say. So moving has always been something I've done. So like I can very, very relate to like having a friend and having these memories and then just up and then leaving and then being super sad about that and like looking back on it fondly about like these fond times that I've had with these things. So I, I, I really, really dug the, the story uh, at the end. And, but I, I, during the game, the characters didn't really do much for me, you know, you know, just talking to you now made me respect the game more just because like, these two will tell you I'm a pretty big critic of, um, I guess, appeasing to nostalgia mm-hmm. by media. And a lot of times when media is trying to, like, 
get the easy, like, slam dunk nostalgia stuff. They're like, oh, well, we're just going to put in this overt reference to this thing. Don't you remember this thing? Wasn't it so great? But this game never really does that, but it's still a game about nostalgia and about the old times and, like, things that you would have experienced in the past. But instead of just doing these very explicit, oh, well, here's, like, a revised version of Jurassic Park that we're going to put on this TV, this game will just put the TV in front of you and it knows that that's enough Mm -hmm. to evoke something from you and evoke that time and space for you, which I really, really appreciate that now that I actually... The the controllers, the way the controllers looked for the video games, the fact that they had like a VHS tape um, that you had to rewind, um, the fax machine... (laughs) Exactly. It's like they do that stuff, but they don't make it so overt or it doesn't dominate the scene in the way like a ready player one would be like, oh, well, here's um, here's a battle toad. <laughs> here's Jario. He can jump really high and he's got a, let's say, pink hat this time <laughs> with a J on the top. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree with you. One of the things that I. My only, I don't want to say criticism, but it's like, I wonder what the age group is of the people that made this game. Because I, as a 90s kid, I'm ready for 90s, like, to be the dominant, like, cultural, like, remember this decade. And it seems like 80s will never go away. And so I'm wondering if this is 80s babies that made this game or if it's nineties babies that are like, well, eighties is still more like n- people are still more nostalgic for that. Cause I'm definitely ready for people our age to be the ones making the artistic decisions in games and just media in general and nineties to be the predominant <laughs> uh, cultural nostalgic moment. <laughs> I guess to me, I just feel like the eighties and nineties have, melded together so much in media that for me it feels like we're getting both of them and sometimes they have been stirred into this pot where it's almost impossible to identify one from the other just with the revival of certain like you know Transformers is kind of more of a that's 80s (laughs) it's it's 80s but it's also 90s because we we grew up on Transformers too and like all the Disney remakes Technically, those came out like in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Aladdin. So I, I feel like we get a mix. I we, yeah, I, I really it's definitely like, like it definitely is. We're getting more. And of I've it actually now. been reading some really interesting stuff about like, are we in a post nostalgia world where everything is, everything and nothing is nostalgic now. Everything is just due to the internet and how like culture works. You know, just in the present. <laughs> So people can't really be nostalgic about the N64 because we have, like... Well, N64 wasn't the one I meant to say. Like, the Super Nintendo because we have the SNES Classic or we have emulators. And it's so easy to go back to old material now. And there's also so many people referencing old material on YouTube and other stuff. It never really becomes old. I don't know. There's still still nostalgia in the format, I guess. Because, like, even with PC games, you can be nostalgic for, you know the box that it came in sure and like the way things were Mm -hmm. yeah but there's never that barrier because i get what you're saying 
But at the same time, if somebody, like, if one of us had a kid that was eight or nine or whatever, he could play Super Nintendo games on his Switch. And he probably wouldn't even, he might not even be able to differentiate it between, like, that and a 16-bit indie game. Because so many indie games are based off of those nostalgia things that it's almost not nostalgic anymore, if that you know. Well, when they're playing those old 3D games for PS1 and N64, <laughs> they'll know. <laughs> Bad cameras. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, Just a side note, have y'all seen this video online where it's like, um, I guess it's like a dad showing his kid, I don't know if it was Goldeneye or, or something, and... The kid was just like, man, what's up with these graphics, man? Why are they so trash? Oh, yeah. It was like the kid that beat the dad on Mad- or on yeah. Call of Duty. <laughs> so then he was like, yo, see me in, you know, Goldeneye. And the dad is just talking so much trash to the kid. And just like the kid the whole time is like, what are these graphics? Like, why does this controller even look like this? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. None of us could even answer that back then. I mean, it's it's the same thing when you see, like, I've seen those videos of them handing like a a little toddler or like, you know, a little kid, like a, a Game Boy Color, and they're trying to press the screen. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's definitely a appeal to like, oh, modern kids try, blank, 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 or dot, 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 VHS. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I've seen those. Like, uh, uh, mo- uh, teenagers react to 90s R&B or something. Oh, man, those would be getting me heated, honestly. <laughs> Not not like that they should know, but it's just kind of like, I'm like, man, it's, this is low-key a little bit disrespectful, and like, I'm giving them what they want when I have this reaction, but at the same time, too, it's like, man, like, as somebody that's grown up with the internet, I feel like I have a good uh, point of reference with stuff that came before my time, like the 80s, and for kids now to not have that with the 90s even though you know they've grown up in the internet age i'm like what have you been doing with all your time like you don't go back and listen to old stuff like you can still listen to modern stuff but you don't go back and listen to old stuff or watch old stuff like and that that's more like me being old man like no i mean that's i was about to say that's literally our parents like oh you don't like this you don't like this um 70s blah 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 yeah Yeah, you don't know nothing about this you know what? This old school right here. What you know about that young blood? <laughs> oh damn! Yeah, we sound like old people now. Uh, do we got anything else to say about this game? So we took that 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 trip down nostalgia lane. <laughs> Just thinking about it um, during the podcast, I wanted to say, if this game came out five years earlier on the 3DS. I feel like it could have been such an amazing experience just the way everything's designed. Like, it would make for an amazing 3D type of experience. Agreed. I was also even maybe going back a little bit further. If this was like a summer, what is it, uh, Games with Gold? Summer of Arcade. Summer of Arcade, this game would have been a hit. Rest in peace. Do you agree? I think so. Okay, I was going to say, am I, am I alone on the side? So, ultimately, I, I do want to say that... Um, was it Brothers? A, um... Brothers was, yes. <laughs> yes. There I was also... That was like the last summer of Arcade until they revived it. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, ultimately, I think this game, I had the hardest swing from my initial hour into play to like, you know, like hour one to hour two, where ultimately I really, really, really liked this game. And like I said, that first 45 minutes in, I was just like, yo, why am I playing this game? So props for that. I think this game is really interesting. I like what it, I like the story it tells. It, um... It's very relatable for me, so uh, I really like that. And um, yeah, I think this is a solid game, and I'm glad I played it. Good game, good experience. Yeah, I think I appreciated it more than I had fun with it. But I'm also one of those people that believes that not every single game needs to be quote unquote fun. So overall, I would definitely recommend this game. Wait, I don't, I don't know about that. Fun? You said you I was like, I think every, he's, every game needs to be fun. I think games should be fun. Why do you think people like don't like Ninja Gaiden Black? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sometimes you have important stories that you need to tell, or important things you need to convey, which. Sometimes I don't believe translate directly. To he's uh, he's getting ready. He's getting ready to write a review for Death Stranding. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I almost mentioned Death Stranding, but you know. So, for example, like this is dark, but one of my favorite movies is Schindler's List. I can never revisit that movie. That's that fair. That movie put me in a different, yeah, like a completely different mindset mm-hmm. for a really long time, and I'm like, man, world is super bleak. Can you watch I'm Liam super happy movies? that I watched it. I could never watch it again. Yeah, I, that's understandable. I was going to say, like, I really enjoyed the story that Papo EO told, but I don't necessarily know if the gameplay was all the way there, so it wasn't necessarily fun. But I do think it was a good game because it was doing something that a lot of games... Uh, tackling a story that games don't really tackle. And does that count? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like... A lot of walking simulators, I don't even want to use that term negatively because I know some people automatically interpret that as a negative thing. Most of them, gameplay-wise, I don't find, quote-unquote, fun. But do the narrative and other elements of the game, I can still find them enjoyable. Okay. So, for you, good game, good experience? Great game, great experience? Um, I'd say good game, good experience. Okay. Trevor, what about you? You already know. Go ahead. Good the floor is yours. Experience. Um, I mean, like you were saying, same thing as Papa Leo. You know, there can always be more. I guess more to expect or more to desire. I guess from the gameplay. Um, but more than anything, you know, with a game this short. Um, you know, I think they were more so looking to convey a specific emotion, if not a story. So I think they they did a great job with that. Um, it's a, an emotion that I haven't seen in any other games, you know, being conveyed. And they did it in a pretty unique way. It was fun to play again. Okay, cool. Do we have anything else for the Gardens Between? Question. Yeah, do you got a question? Okay, I got a question. So, if you were to have a Gardens Between S diorama for your own life, what would the experience? 
Man, see, let me tell you, Dante, since you've been gone, I've been trying to do this question thing, and I usually ask the question before we even hit record so people have to think, have time to think about it. And it's really hard to be put on the spot and think about this after having not I done know. it for like 10 months. Oh, man. I feel like maybe for me, just because, like I said, I've moved around a lot. So I think the thing for me might be like college. And not necessarily like I had a wild and crazy college experience or whatever, but just because of like the people that I met. Shout out to you guys. But just kind of like the things that I did either for the first time, um, things that were foreign to me as well, like places, because like I never lived in the South. So like, I had never been to Chick-fil-A until I was, like, 18 years old. And, like, uh, like I had never been to Bojangles. And, like, just like stuff like that, food stuff. But then even just, like, the weather and, like, not having to deal with snow anymore and just things like that. Um, it, it would have been interesting to kind of... I don't know if it would be an interesting game. But, uh, yeah, that would, that would be mine. Doing, though, I don't know. Because... I mean, I, I played a lot of basketball. I played a lot of video games. Uh, I ate a lot of garbage food. Uh, I got into play a lot of rock band. <laughs> so yeah, it'd probably be a note highway somewhere in that for sure. So I guess for mine, when I originally thought of this question, I was thinking of a very like short send time, like most of these levels. But I really liked your answer, and it got me thinking. And I think mine would be. I guess high school graduation up to the end of my first year in college where I went to a private school so like we didn't really have that many people in my graduating class it was like 40 or so I switched from that had my first job that summer at a restaurant so that was kind of a big shift in kind of getting to experience what the working world was like going to orientation didn't have that great of an orientation the guys I was with that I got assigned a room with wanted to party and I was just kind of just trying to be me or whatever so I was just trying to chill I also met you um, during that orientation mm-hmm. think about it yep you're the first and, person I met when I moved to Huntsville huh yeah I guess likewise and then it's all kind downhill of from there put, huh? downhill over there for you <laughs> <laughs> but um being kind of offset by that orientation to actually going into my first semester and kind of learning what college was like and not really knowing my place at the time and feeling really off put by the whole experience and like wanting to leave versus me kind of accepting what college was and kind of getting back into the swing of things by the end of the semester. Mm-hmm. So, so it feels like I got that full spiral going to the top gotcha. spiral of emotions. Trevor? So Was that too profound? I think mine would... It's probably cliche, but it'd probably be fatherhood. I knew it! <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just like a, a string of emotions. Especially over the last, what, year and a half now? Even mm-hmm. before then, I guess maybe... Two years? Two years? Uh, just leading up to it. That's a lot of... A lot of stuff I wasn't expecting. Especially not being around any other kids. Like, I never liked kids growing up. (laughs) I'm right there right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> Except for yours. <laughs> so it's, it's it's definitely been. I still don't like kids. I love my daughter though. <laughs> but and I mean, I've even tried to get myself out of that comfort zone, and you know, I've tried volunteering with Big Brothers Big Sisters, and um, even now, you know, I work with um, an after-school robotics club with um, fourth and fifth graders. But I think getting over that hump was definitely a huge part of it. There's a lot of, um, I don't know, just a lot of emotions that could be displayed the way Gardens Between, even if it's not like a puzzle game, it could just be like a, I don't know, a walking sim. With screenshots. Yeah. (laughs) Think some type of dialogue going on with a screenshot. I was about to mention another game, but... We haven't played it yet, so on our next on another bonus episode, maybe. Okay, okay. Satisfactory answers. You've got a baby that you carry <laughs> with you at all times, and uh, how long is you got to balance it on your back? How long is Death Stranding? Fall down the hill. You have to lose all. Do your... that bonus episode. Lot, okay. I think I saw sixty hours. Somebody said. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be really long. Is that four episodes for us? <laughs> <laughs> Four months. <laughs> We'd have to change to um, was it dissect format where it's just like yeah. okay, this season we're covering Death Stranding. This season we're covering Kojima. <laughs> as much as I'd love that, no. I thought about that for 2020. I thought like, what if we each just pick a game franchise and we just divide it up? So you know, I thought about it. I thought about it. But I got so many single games I want to play. I do too. No, no, no. I, I, I've thought about. It. I, I definitely. It's not something where I'm like, "Yo, we're doing this thing," and f you guys, what I say goes. It's just something that I've like. What if you know, like, we were to do like. What if that was a background thing? It could be. It could be. It's just something I've been thinking about trying to figure out how we want to do the bonus podcast next year. Uh, also, trying to appease fan um, that's reached out. Um, said like, hey, when are you guys gonna do the next? Uh, you you got, I mean, I noticed you guys all said you you downloaded the Phoenix Wright trilogy. Do you guys intend to play the second game? And I'm like, hmm, you know what? I would like to go see what's going on with Phoenix and uh, and uh, Miles, Maya, Maya too. So it's something I thought about for sure, and just maybe even trying to change up the format. I guess it just depends uh, what you guys are cool with or whatnot, but I also like what we're doing now. I feel like we finally hit our groove, and <laughs> who after two years. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're rambling now. I dare say this sounds organic now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on my new phone. Um, I'll be playing Pokemon Go. Now that I can multitask. Don't give that number out to anybody on Do <laughs> <laughs> You got juice? <laughs> I need some rare candy. <laughs> hey, I noticed you're from this area code. Oh, I like golf too. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't cool. need any more tattoos. No, sir. <laughs> I'm straight. <laughs> All right, where can people find you at, Dante? People can... Maybe find me at twitch.tv slash awakencloud. I I streamed once last week for the first time since maybe March or April. Got a little bit of Resident Evil 2. 
I think I'll jump back in maybe as soon as tonight because I just finished Link's Awakening about two hours gaming, actually. Okay. That reminds me. I'll have a Switch in two weeks. Finally! When Trevor gets that, there's been a couple of games where I'm just like, yo, I'm ready to play this game, but Trevor doesn't have a Switch, so I can't put it on the list. Um, well, you guys can find me on Switch, probably playing our next game, uh, Luca. What is it? Luca Born is of a Born? Dream. Born of a Dream. Luca Born of a Dream. Or you can find me on PS4 at La Ensalada de Papa. Um, I'll probably be playing maybe tonight and tomorrow uh, for the last two days of the Halloween uh, event for Overwatch. Trying to get those scans. But, um, yeah. Any gut reactions to Overwatch 2? So I watched the trailer two days ago, and I am really interested in seeing what that character Echo is about. I'm really interested in seeing if they, how the Ultimates interact with each other. I really thought, I hate Genji, okay? I hate Genji. But he's like and the number one hero in that story scene. I know, and then giving him a hoodie and some 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 joggers, I'm like, yo, this All character. Some guns, man. <laughs> if he had a Glock, he'd be like Shadow the Hedgehog. I'm like, this character is about to be play. Like both of my friends that I talk to, they're like, yo, I'm playing Genji, and I'm like, uh, I hate when they do that to characters. When they give him some type of like, like Street Fighter Five, when they gave Ken basically a hoodie and like a like a like an Under Armour shirt instead of wearing the gi and he just suddenly became air quotes cool and then you just saw him all the time I hate when they do that she's like yo let's give this let's give this character some some cool clothes and ugh <laughs> Genji just strolled into the hot topic and he's like well he just hey, you know Genji like- just put on a hoodie and like somebody said like yo so Genji just put on a hoodie and some pants so they just gave him clothes so is he naked in Overwatch? The first one? <laughs> like <laughs> Hey, you remember like that Halo 5 announcement trailer where Master Chief had the cape and everything? <laughs> yeah. That's what they do. They just give somebody a cape or something. It's just like I'm a different person. That literally has no use whatsoever. Oh, and, and they gave You have an armor set, dude. Reinhardt a man bun too, which I did not dig either. <laughs> So yeah, that's a certain audience. Yeah, yeah. So May looked the same, Tracer looked the same, um, Winston looked the same, and like even the other characters when they showed up, like um, uh, what's her name, Mercy, and uh, who else showed up? I forgot the other. Oh, Brigitte, my girl, my queen. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested in the game. I. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go as hard in the paint with Overwatch 2 as I did with Overwatch just because I'm at a different point, but I still want to support it, so I'll probably pick it up eventually. Cool. Yeah. Um, do we got anything else? <laughs> We've been rambling a little bit and had talked to Dante a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, um, leave us a review and... Preferably five stars, but so that way we can appear higher on Apple Podcasts leisure category, which is still just funny to me. Um, 
We like doing the shows, but we'd be interested in knowing what you guys want us to play, what you guys like about what we talk about, what you guys hate. So just let us know. Uh, Facebook. From Wait, wait, wait. From what I heard, I heard they like Ninja Gaiden a lot. Um, I'm not According sure. to empirical data, people tend to like Ninja Gaiden quite a bit on our podcast. Yeah, but nobody's literally told us. So for all we know, it could be somebody just downloading and re-downloading the same episode. Are you going to out my old? Somebody could be like hate listening to the episode, probably. I hate this game so much. <laughs> you have it downloaded <laughs> on your podcast app and you accidentally like sleepwalk into it every night? <laughs> yeah, basically. Sleep listen, yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, comment on our Facebook, uh, Miss Checkpoints, our Twitter, M Checkpoints, and check out our Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash Miss Checkpoints. Um, yeah, I think that should link to whenever Trevor, Dante, or Greg are streaming. So, yeah, feel free to drop a line, like, and subscribe on there. Just, you know, holler at us. Let us know what you like. Um, but with that, we're Miss Checkpoints and we're out. Peace. Thank you.